The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' chair. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it. But do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers and sisters, and call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you will be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This weekend, I want to begin a new message series that will go this weekend, not next weekend, as at Our Lady Victory, and continue on. It's a three homily message series, which is called The Church Does Not Have a Mission, It Is Mission. Now, being missionaries is not some in addition to what we do as church, but it's the very essence of who we are. And what has inspired me to kind of reflect on this and for us to kind of re-embrace this notion comes from uh, what's just most uh, recently happened in Rome with the Synod of Bishops. And this has been a process um, that has been started, you know, in all of our parishes back in 2021. Uh, during some of the restrictions during the pandemic, we had some listening sessions where uh, documentation from the diocese, from the country, went to Rome in preparation for the meetings that just took place in October, month-long meetings with the Pope and representatives from all over the world, and also next October. Every couple of years, there's a synod, a gathering, and it's a synod of bishops, but it includes religious men and women, theologians, other Christian denominations, kind of getting together to discuss faith and oftentimes various topics of faith, usually directed by the Pope. And this special synod this year and next year, the Pope has asked us to reflect on being a synodal church, on synodality. And what he's really talking about is with all the uh, challenges and difficulties we have in our world, and we can list them all here, be pages worth of challenges, both within the church, but how can the church help heal the world to bring peace and light? Part of the, what Pope Francis is trying for us to um, be able to be most effective as church, to be most mission-oriented, is how we discern and how we work together as church bishops, priests, 
laymen and women religious, because in this synod, for the first time ever, lay people had a vote in the synod. And uh, one woman from our diocese was one of the voting members in Rome, Linda Stout, who was former director of the London District Catholic School Board. She was at the conference. She was chosen by the Canadian bishops to go. And what happened is they had these uh, roundtable discussions for different topics based on the languages and bishops and priests and laymen and women, religious sisters, religious brothers, others, sat around tables and had discussions. And they were documented and then it went into it. And so it took a whole month. And then they produced now a summary report kind of what they've learned and what homework they're going to do to prepare for uh, next year's gathering. And again, the Pope is trying to, if we're going to address the concerns of this world and to bring Christ's love, we're going to have to change how we approach and how we discern together where God is leading us. Now some uh, some media outlets are saying, well, the, the Pope's going to change the teachings of the church. He's going to do this. Going to... No. The Pope says we have to embrace a sense of communion that we're gathered together. And so in this document, how is it being to be synodal? He's giving us a model for all of us to work together to be missionaries in the world. And the document says, through it, the holy people of God have discovered that a synodal way of being silent, praying, listening, and speaking, rooted in the word of God, and in joyful, if also sometimes painful encounters, disagreements at the tables, discussion, listening to each other, leads to a deeper awareness that we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. In this synod, they're reminding us that we're all in this together. And we're all going to have to listen to one another. We're going to have to pray together. We're going to have to be silent, inviting the Holy Spirit to enter into our lives. And yes, at times there's going to be difficult encounters. And yet all of it in that dialogue, in that prayerful discernment, we discover that we're all in this together. When we do that, we can then move forward. It goes on to say, rather than saying that the church has a mission, we affirm that church is mission. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. The heart of what we're called to be as church is not just gathering for Mass on Sunday, not just taking time to pray at home or praying together, but we're on mission. And they describe what that mission is. The church receives from Christ, the one who is sent by the Father, her own mission, supported and guided by the Holy Spirit. So we don't do this alone. It's not just up to us, but we've been given the Holy Spirit. And we need to allow us together to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. And this is the mission. The church announces and witnesses the gospel. So announces to proclaim it, to say it, to profess it, but to witness means putting it into action, which was a challenge for the scribes and the Pharisees in the gospel when Jesus said to the disciples, listen to them, they know their faith, but don't follow what they're doing. Because they're saying one thing, but doing another. 
We as church, the mission is to proclaim the resurrection, proclaim eternal life, and to live that. And to who do we go to? To those who do not know it or welcome it. We're not to hold the good news for ourselves. The mission is to go beyond. And we know that we as a church are going through difficult times. We know in our family of parishes, we know as the world becomes more secular, more distanced from God, the danger and the risk that we do is we try to preserve what we have. We try to build walls and try to hang on to what we have. And Pope Francis has warned us about this. He says, once we do that, we're in really big trouble. If we try to hang on, to insulate, to build walls, we lose who we are because our mission is to go out to those who have not experienced God's grace, maybe to those who have forgotten and haven't seen it in a long time, and to those who don't want to hear it. Those who don't welcome it. These are very profound reminders of how we're called to live our lives of faith, not for our benefit, but for the building of the kingdom of God. And how do we do this? They do this with that preferential option for the poor that is rooted in the mission of Jesus. The preferential option for the poor is the primary role in the mission of the church is to reach out to those who are poor, to those who are in need above everything else, above what our wants are, what we would uh, prefer to do. The first option is always to those who are in most need. And from there, everything else flows. This is not new church teaching. This is a reigniting of the mission of the apostles whom we are in this world, in this era, and in this time. And the question becomes is how we, can we do that most effectively? And those are the questions we've been asking in our family of parishes. In the gospel today we heard they love to have the place of honor. This is Jesus talking about the scribes and the Pharisees at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have people call them rabbi. Some of the challenges of the scribes and the Pharisees is that they were so concerned with what people thought of them and that they were above everyone else. But they also were caught up in dividing. You're not worthy enough. You're not holy enough. You're not smart enough. You're not like us. And caused division, separation, and built walls. Sometimes we do that today. Sometimes when a poor person, a homeless person walks in on the street, walks into the church, what are they doing here? They don't belong here. Or that person, I don't know, I saw them at the store and this and that. I used to say, why are they receiving communion? Those things happen where sometimes we can try to cause divisions. You don't come to this church. Why are you coming to this Mass? I've heard it. But we're to be called in a, in a communion. And sometimes we become more divisive. 
And maybe not even intentionally, but it kind of becomes part of our norm. And yet the gospel calls us not to divide, but to bring together, to gather and not to scatter, right? The greatest among you will be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. How do we live out this mission? Humbly, lovingly, trying to always gather and not divide by our words, by our behaviors, by our maybe lack of action. We're always trying to be instruments that gather, instruments that heal, instruments that love. God's love. And that's the mission. And we have to adapt and change and modify and embrace and let go to be able to fulfill that mission together. And I think that's what the Pope is trying to remind us in this synodal, this communal way, not only to discern, but to participate and of course march towards the kingdom of heaven, which is we want not just for ourselves, not just for loved ones, but those who don't know it and those who don't welcome the gospel. And we're going to have arguments and disagreements along the way. But through those done prayerfully, we do follow where the Lord wants us to be. I don't know how many of you are fans of the Vinyl Cafe. Anybody remember Stuart McLean who died a few years ago? It was a, it's a podcast, but it's a CBC radio show that talked about the Dave who owned a, a record store called the Vinyl Cafe and his wife and his children and all these kind of funny antics. If you get a chance, Google it, find it, and listen to some of the stories. Uh, during that run of the Vinyl Cafe, every year around Canadian Thanksgiving, they would uh, honor and give out awards. They were called the Arthur Awards. They were named after the dog in the story, Dave's dog, Arthur. And what they did is they asked people who listened to the show to send in nominations of people who didn't do famous things, but did kind things that went beyond themselves. And the, the tagline they used was the Oscars of the ordinary. And people would send in nominations and, and uh, Stuart would get them with his team, pick some, and then they would call up the people, cold call the people and say, you've been nominated, we're going to give you an award. And he sent them a, a CD or a book that he's written just to say thank you. Well, what uh, in the synodal process, in the synod bishop, in this mission of the church, it might seem overwhelming for us to help try to change the world. But it's going to happen in the quiet, simple, ordinary ways we live out the gospel with our family, with the people we work with, but also the strangers that we encounter. One person, one act of faith at a time. But if we do that collectively, we do that as a family of parishes, we do that in our own lives, it gains momentum and that light of the good news continues to glow. As I conclude, in the second reading, there's a beautiful line from the letter to the Thessalonians. And I think it describes how we can be missioned today. So deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. I think that's the hope for the church, 
that we value each one of us. Those who are here at church, those who are not here at church, those whom we don't know, those who reject the gospel, those who have not experienced it, that we care for each other so much. We're willing to share the good news that we have experienced, but also share ourselves. Because the church does not have a mission. It is mission. 